On this week's episode, we touch upon the DeFeo family murders and the suspicious haunting that occurred afterwards. Then we try to decide what's fact and what's fiction in the Amityville horror. So finish chopping that wood and join us in the pod shed. We're doing Jaeger bombs and talking about murder. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm Mariah. This is Bailey. It's me. <laughs> We're back again. This is crazy because we had to kind of re-record last week, so it feels like we just did this. Yeah. But we're doing it again. Heck yeah. I think this is the first time we've done like back-to-back weeks. It is. For sure. So does it feel like a, does it feel like too much? Or are you good? No. Well, especially since I had time to do both movies. So Ooh. I mean, two of the, what, the 10 that exist. <laughs> there's, Dude, there's so many. There's so many. This week we're doing Amityville Horror. So many movies, and I'm going to be honest, especially because you watch two movies, Mm -hmm. it's going to be heavy on the movie side because what I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the true crime case. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be a real short one, guys. (laughs) There's not much to it, but you know, uh, I'm going to get into it. But first, how was your week? Well, even though I had Monday off, I feel like that almost sets you up for an even longer week. Because I get back on Tuesday and I'm just slammed trying to catch up from the few days that I was away. And then, I don't know, felt like getting to today took forever, but today flew by. Yeah. Probably because I was so excited to be here. Plus, you have to find time to watch those movies at work. <laughs> just kidding. She would never do that if you're, never. If you're Mr. Bailey's boss. Nope. Never. Never. Uh, how's your hair doing, B? Amazing. I'm a peacock. Kind of. I feel a little bit more My Little Pony. Yeah. Um, if you're not one of my friends and family who are listening to this, thank you. Also, I used to be a hairdresser in a past life. I still am a hairdresser, I guess. Yeah, I you're mine. My I personal. <laughs> I don't work at a salon. But I work on Bailey's mm-hmm. hair, and we did blues and purples and pinks. And then her very blonde hair picks them up, and now we have pastels in there. Mm-hmm. And she looks like a magical little pony. I really I feel like a pony when I put it up and I just kind of frolic around <laughs> <laughs> um so last week we did Ed Gain and you brought a present for me I because did. Ed Gain is technically not a serial killer he's a body snatcher because he takes bodies out of graves mm-hmm. and did all kinds of fucked up things to them and we got too drunk and <laughs> forgot. girl I was a mess at the end of that podcast um you brought me thieves oil Mm -hmm. which apparently is what grave robbers put underneath their nose so they don't have to smell the decomposing bodies yeah so we're gonna open it up and smell it have you smelled it yet no you haven't opened it up no it has to smell okay i'm what's your prediction what do you think it smells like i'm imagining something very spicy like a cardamom Mm -hmm. kind of i yep yeah that's where i'm at i'm at Mm -hmm. like black licorice meets peppermint maybe Yeah. yeah 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 Okay, I'm going to put my mic down and open it up. Okay, let's see. Is there a drop? Oh, okay, hold on. Oh, we're right on the money. Are we? It smells so good. Does it? Yeah. It smells like Christmas time. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of those spicy pine cones that they smell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. cinnamon pine cones. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, or um, like really hot cinnamon candy. Fireball. <laughs> or fireball. Uh, cue me vomiting. Last time I drank uh, fireball was... My wedding. 
I don't know if we have enough time on this no. podcast. Should we just dedicate a whole episode to what happened at your wedding? Right? <laughs> just do a wedding episode. So, hey, I'm really surprised no one died. So I'm surprised I didn't die. Right. I'm surprised I didn't get alcohol poisoning. Now, maybe you can feel a little bit of empathy for me now because at the time, Bailey didn't have kids. Right. But I was already on my second kid. So now you know how that alcohol hits different. So different. When you're a mom and you're not drinking all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Dude, we had Shit people happens. end up in bushes with other people's phones. People were sleeping in bushes. Someone people were fell breaking in a their creek. Oh, someone ended up in a hospital. Like broke their ankle on the dance floor. My boss was convinced that Bobby died because he was like tightrope walking on the balcony outside. Bobby is uh, was their best man, and he's the only reason I feel better about myself because he was like shirtless swinging off the gutters yeah. of this beautiful place <laughs> I you held it together until the last the minute. very end yeah first of all I delivered the most epic wedding speech ever amen it was so good so good but they had an open bar they had really strong Long Islands and I think I was on like my third one because I'm like it doesn't taste very strong. And I finally tracked you down because you were done doing whatever it is you were doing. Yeah, stupid wedding stuff. Yeah, I know. And I was like, B, these, are you sure that they're making these right? Because I'm already on my third one. You're all, girl. <laughs> You're all, those are so let fucking it, strong. Let it hit. And so we drank a bunch of those. And then the audacity, probably because we were all out of control, they tried to shut the bar down early. Right. Shocker. And it wasn't even their alcohol. Bailey's in-laws paid for all the alcohol beforehand. So I decided to start a riot, <laughs> hold my own protest, and I made that poor, how old was he? He must have only been 21-year-old bartender, start pouring as much alcohol as he could into shots, thinking I'd get everybody to do shots of Fireball or tequila, and then nobody was doing shots with me. So I'm like, well. It was us. I guess I'm going to have yeah. to just make up for it. Mm-hmm. It didn't end pretty, guys. It ended with a lot of vomit and my husband almost punching a party bus driver, but or uh, and hotel shuttle that driver. That hotel bathroom will never look the same. Right? <laughs> After me? Yeah, I think you ended up like ripping out the shower curtain. I might have fallen out of the shower <laughs> and taken the curtain with me. I also, my hair was very freshly purple. Mm-hmm. I had to have it perfect for your wedding. Yeah. What happens with these types of dyes, the purples and blues, the the fashion colors? They run like crazy. Like crazy. I so now know. So I, I took a shower because I had vomited. I fell out of the shower. My husband took me to bed. And then I woke up and it looked like somebody slaughtered a unicorn in that bed. Right. A Teletubby got stabbed. But they never charged us for it. I thought they were going to charge us for the sheets. Well, that's because so your husband yelled at the bus driver and then my husband yelled at the manager of the hotel for overcharging people. So Oh, they every, did? Yeah, because they tried to charge our photographer for a room that we had already paid for. These motherfuckers. Yeah, so a lot of people got yelled at and a lot of people got drunk and we all managed to survive. <laughs> Dude, I told that bus driver, I keep saying bus driver, shuttle driver, yeah. that I was going to vomit and he wouldn't listen. Right. And I begged him to pull over. Yeah. And he told me we were almost there. He deserved it. And then I threw up on his shuttle. You should have thrown up on him. <laughs> and so then I got out and I think he called me a bitch. Mm-hmm. And then my husband went and spit on him and almost knocked him out. And yep. the reason he didn't is because I was on my on the brink of death in the parking lot. Right. So anyways. On that note. <laughs> the Nick and Bailey wedding. God bless it. What a time. What a time to be alive. I know. We all survived it. So uh, what were we doing? We smelled thieves oil. Smells great. 
and this is the memories that just come pouring <laughs> in. Fireball. Because mm. I have not drank fireball since. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up. My brother-in-law drinks it all the time. It's hella sugar. It's not oh. like normal liquor. It's, it's like a liqueur almost. Uh, no, I swear they melt those gummy bears and just add like grain alcohol to it. Yeah. It's like moonshine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I was shocked. Being diabetic, I always have to look up the carbs, the sugar, and anything. Yeah. And that shit, I was like, what the? No wonder my brother-in-law likes it. This man drinks straight coffee creamer. Yeah, disgusting. When nothing else. He just drinks mm-hmm. vanilla coffee creamer. So I'm sure the more sugar, the better. That's why he likes that alcohol. <laughs> um, So, yeah, that's what we've been up to. Wish you were at her wedding. You you really missed a great time. Yeah, sucks to be you. <clears throat> be better friends. <laughs> Listen, maybe you'll be there for her second wedding. Yeah, you never yeah. know. <laughs> Speaking of second wedding. <laughs> apparently, Post Malone just did a podcast with Joe Rogan. Uh-huh. And Nick basically gave me the okay to divorce him if I ever get the opportunity. To, yeah, he's like, you guys are actually soulmates. I haven't <laughs> listened to it, but isn't it like four hours long? Probably. They're microdosing shrooms. Yes. Yeah. And um, they talk about horror movies and they talk about UFOs. And Nick's finally on the same page. Like, yeah, I believe you now. <laughs> you Lou, guys are the same person. Lou's actually jumped on the Post Malone train very recently. Mm-hmm. He finally actually keyed into what his music was. Okay. Because if you look at him, you don't think you're going to necessarily like his music. But then you hear his music and you're all, whoa, that's just really surprising. Yeah. And obviously his personality is great. Um, so, yeah, that's funny. Both our husbands have figured this out. But on TikTok, there was a video of this girl. And you know how you can, like, duo? You yeah. can, like, split the screen? Yeah. She's like, can you imagine waking up to it was like 17 missed calls from your parents and all these text messages from your brother and then she shows the video and it's post malone at her parents house <gasps> and, she, and he's all hey whatever uh, your Amelia. name yeah uh, it, it's posty i'm here having dinner at your parents shut up he's like friends with one of her brother's friends and so he was doing a show and after the show they just randomly invited him over yeah. for dinner and he came through with the whole crew of course he did Cut to the comments of that TikTok. Apparently, he does it all the time. He'll just like meet people at bars or after he's the shows. Best. He seems so sweet and so down to earth. Yeah. Also, everyone's going to make fun of me for this, and I don't care because I'm ready for it. But my favorite band is Mumford and Sons. And then people in the comments are talking about they do that too. Yeah. After shows or gigs or whatever, like if they become friends with somebody at the pub or right. at the bar, they'll, go they'll just go, go over to their the house fam. for the after party. They'll jam out. Like, yeah. I would black out if either of those things happened to me. Mm-hmm. But yes, Post Malone seems like the one. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we get into Amityville Horror? I suppose. I guess we could talk about some guys who aren't the best. Right. And that's the <laughs> two pieces of shit that this fucking case is about. So there's more than one. Okay, interesting. <clears throat> well, there's the true crime case, and then there's what happened after the true crime case, which oh. is probably what the movie's... I don't know. It kind of seems like the movie's based on both things. Yeah. So. Well, let's let's figure this shit out. Let's do it. So first of all, it's hard to it's hard to come by factual information. They that is the biggest lighter I've ever seen in my life. What is happening? Bailey just pulled out a blowtorch to light her joint. And you saw how big my eyes got. Like, oh my god, am I gonna set myself on fire right now? Uh, Anywho. It is a cartoonishly large lighter. (laughs) All right. Well, good luck with that, Bailey. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so anyways, it's hard to find factual information, um, especially about the second part of this story. So I have a lot of sources. Wikipedia, Topic.com, Oxygen.com, and get ready for this. The new sponsors of our podcast, not really, History versus Hollywood.com. Hey. It's basically our podcast without booze. You know oh, what I mean? It's well. like our podcast with just facts. Yep. <clears throat> so, hey, everyone, if you're tired of listening to our annoying voices, right, go, go to historyversushollywood.com <laughs> and see what they got to say about it. You good? Yep. Okay. November 13th, 1974. Ooh. 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo Jr. runs into a bar hysterical. He tells people he thinks he thinks his parents have been shot. Mm-hmm. He thinks his family's been harmed. Okay. So he leads men from the bar back to his house, and they call the police, of course. The police find the other six members of the DeFeo family dead. Father Ronald Sr., Mother Louise, both in their 40s. Yep. Don, who's 18. Allison, who's 13. Mark, who's 12. John, who's 9. They've all been shot. The parents have each been shot twice, and all the kids have a single shot, mm-hmm. I guess, a single bullet wound. Yep. Evidence suggests that um, the mom and 13-year-old Allison were awake at their time of death, but all the bodies were found in their beds lying face down. Okay. Um, Ronald Jr. is taken to police station um, just as a caution, and he tells them that he thinks it was a mob hit he tells them that he thinks it was a mob hit i couldn't i didn't find too much information on the mob hit all right but that's what he claims okay but after they interview him and it's not even like an official interrogation they're just interviewing him yeah his story's so inconsistent it keeps changing so after like a day of interviews he finally just confesses right he confesses to all six murders Saying, quote, once I started, I couldn't stop. It all just happened so fast. Okay. The police have a suspicion that his motive was the life insurance payment he was going to get, which back then he would have received 200000 and today that's 960000 so Damn. almost a mil. Here comes his defense attorney, William Weber. Another piece of shit. This story is really about three pieces of shit. This is one of them. Okay. He instantly claims insanity. Yeah. He says uh, Ronald Jr. heard voices and he was just following what the voices told him to do. And he says that Ronald Jr. is this way because Ronald Sr., his dad, was extremely abusive, although there's nothing to cooperate that. There's no evidence to those claims, Uh but that's what William Weber claims. It goes to trial October 1975 and the defense hires a psychiatrist who does claim that Ronald Jr. suffers from paranoid sky- psychosis. Oh, not schizophrenia, nope. psychosis. psychosis. Okay, gotcha. Do you know what that is, B? No. Me neither. The reason I always ask Bailey is because she was a psychology major, and she never uh, has answers to any of these fucking questions. Right? Why should I? I didn't get my master's. <laughs> <laughs> my friend Brittany is. Brittany, if you're listening, come on the show. Leave it in the comments. Just, just uh <laughs> Define for us all these words that we don't know, and I'm too lazy to look up. Right. So the prosecutors have their own psychiatrist, and they agree that Ronald is a couple crayons short of a full box. Okay. But they say that he did know what he was doing the whole time, and so he should be held to the full extent of the law. 
The jury agrees, and uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. is sentenced to six concurrent life sentences. Okay, that's quite the sentence. There's your true crime story, guys. Wow. Now, December 1975, the same month and year my husband was born. This is 13 months after the murders happen. George and Kathleen Lutz, mm-hmm. or Lutz, L-U-T-Z, Lutz. buy their dream house. The Dutch colonial home is located on 112 Ocean Avenue, Long Island, New York. They buy it for $80,000, which is a real steal, mm-hmm. even back then. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's so cheap is because that's the site of the DeFeo family murders. Um, Kathleen and George are newlyweds. They've both uh, have been previously married, so they're both divorced from their former people. Okay. I almost said their former siblings. They're nope. <laughs> you don't know. It could have been. <laughs> it could have been. Um, there's three kids. They're all Kathleen's from previous marriage. Um, Danny. Oh, shit. Okay, guys. Danny, hopefully Christopher, and Missy. When I first wrote this down, I have terrible handwriting, and I couldn't really read the second brother's name. Oh, my goodness. I'm... <laughs> I'm guessing it's Christopher. I meant to look it up before this to double check. If it's not, I'll let you guys know next episode. But I'm 95% sure it's Christopher. Like, what else could it be? Like, I don't know, because it's definitely a C-H, and then it's just a scribble. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's Christopher. <laughs> Again, this would never Chester. happen to Bailey, ever. Um, I forgot to highlight my... <clears throat> Oh, my God. She didn't highlight her printed out notes, guys. I don't know how she's going to get through it. So Danny, hopefully Christopher and Missy. Now, before they move in, they do have it blessed by a priest. Okay. But the priest claims to find mysterious cold spots in the house. He also claims that a voice told him to get out. And then he was slapped in the face. But there was nobody there. Obviously. Um, I'm not going to go too far into the priest. But he's made all kinds of wackadoodle claims over the years that, listen, let's take that with a pinch of salt, the old priest. I mean, in general, I don't know if you should trust priests. So, how'd you say it? Lutz? Yeah. The Lutz family experiences the following. They claim to experience the following. Okay. Dad George says that he wakes up every night at 3.15, which is supposedly the time that the family was, the DeFeo family was murdered. Uh Uh-huh. Daughter Missy starts talking to an imaginary entity named Jody, yep. and she draws a picture, and people claim it looks like a pig, but to me, it looks like a scribble. <laughs> Listen, whatever. Windows open up on their own. Here's the scariest one for me. There's an unnatural amount of flies in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, B and I live in, I know you guys have heard us say that we live in a college town. We do. But we also live in a rural college town. We're mm-hmm. surrounded by orchards and farmland. The Everyone's flies, got chickens, pigs, horses. The flies in the summer are so astronomically bad. It makes me want to kill myself. Yep. And if it wasn't, if it was any time besides just the summer, those three months, I would move. But anyways. Like you cannot put garbage in your garage or any place that's no. not air conditioned because nope. you're just going to wake up to maggots. Yeah. Or... And if you have any kind of meat, you have to wrap it up in a bag mm-hmm. and then Take throw it out. out in the garbage can. And even then you might still get flies and mm-hmm. maggots in your garbage can. And that's just the way it fucking goes. That being With said, our new thieves oil. <laughs> that being said, I fucking hate flies. So the idea that there's unnatural flies, I'd rather have windows open up on their own. Yeah. I would rather wait. I already wake up at three o'clock in the morning on a semi-regular basis. Yeah. Anywho, unnatural amount of flies. The 
porcelain toilets all turn black. Mm. And Kathleen claims that she has levitated off of the bed and has developed welts on her chest. Okay. Mysterious welts. One month after moving in, the family gets the fuck out of there and they flee. That's what the article said. Right. Bleed. Yeah. Now, hold on. February. I almost said July. (laughs) February 13th, 1975. George and Kathleen hold a press conference about why they left the house and to just tell the public about their experience and about the supposed haunting. Get this. Their press conference was held at defense attorney William Weber's office. Because they're all buddies now. Oh, wow. Weber is extremely hungry for publicity. He loves it. And he claims this could lead to a reopening of Ronald Jr.'s case and possibly a retrial. But guess what? That shit was never filed. He didn't mean that. Right. He's just trying to get attention. Oh, my gosh. Author Jay Anson works with the Lutz family to write a book. And they publish it. It's called... The Amityville Horror, A Devil of a True Story. And it is a huge success. 14 months after the Lutz family moves, uh, the Cromarty family buys the house for $55,000. Amaze. Good for them. So the price just keeps going down on this house. Yeah. But due to the success of the book, they are constantly annoyed. uh, Annoyed. Annoyed. And harassed by, like, ghost hunters and true crime lovers. Um, They claim that no hauntings or any weird stuff's ever happened in the house since they moved in. They sue the Lutz family, I guess, because their book kind of ruined their lives a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lutz family sues William Weber. Listen, there's actually a lot of lawsuits that happen, and I don't give a fuck about any of them. Yeah. I'm... We're not here for lawsuits. I'm not the... No, we're... mm -mm. We would never sue anybody. That's just so far out of anything I care about. If you guys care about the lawsuit situation... Go look it up yourself. Go look it up. (laughs) I gave you all my... All the places, all the articles I read. Go look it up there. Um, But the reason the Lutz family isn't happy with William Weber is because now he's going back and saying it was all made up. Him and the family came up with this... Oh, making them look bad. ...haunting story. They came up with it together over dinner one night and none of it's true um ronald defeo jr corroborates william weber's claim from prison he says he actually never wanted to claim insanity he says he only killed his sister dawn after she was the one that killed the rest of their family Ooh. nobody believes him Nobody cares what he has to say. I care. That's interesting as fuck. Yeah, but then why would he? I don't believe it. I just think good on him to just throw that out there <laughs> to be like. All I mean, right, the rest guys. of his family's dead, so yeah. there's nothing nobody can argue. His right? Case no, exactly. Like, I don't blame the guy. Like, let's see what else I can get these fuckers trip out on. Yeah, but he should have been in the beginning then. He should have confessing after less than well, a this day of interviews. Weber guy. <laughs> less than a day of interviews. Yeah. How fast are you going to crack? Yeah. I don't care if I've done anything or not. Just get an attorney. Right. Just ask for your lawyer and, don't and say a shut fucking it thing. down. Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh, it's going to make you look guilty. Well, so is me sitting here. Obviously, Babbling. I like to talk. Yeah. I'm going to talk my Babbling. way right into a murder charge. Absolutely. Anyway. Like, so that's what I totally would have done if it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that OJ. Did you see that OJ Simpson? I think he wrote a book. It's um, it's some crazy title. It's like how I killed Nicole Simpson or whatever. And then really teeny tiny underneath it was like 
a fictional story yeah, by O.J. Just S- kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. J.K. And winky face. He tells us all how he did it. Whatever. A fictional movie. It's something like that. I'll look it's, that up and tell you next it's podcast. It's like Cabin 28. It's, it's loosely based. Yeah, loosely based on. <laughs> except for all the facts are exactly how it happened. Um, so although it's said that George, the dad, passes a lie detector test, his story constantly changes, and he loves the spotlight. This guy's on everything. He's okay. doing every interview. He's in every magazine, but he's all he, it's a wish-washy story. He's always thrown in new things, taking other things back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now that the kids have grown, Danny and hopefully Christopher both claim that something unexplainable was definitely happening in the house. So they're convinced. They have very vivid memories of things happening like seeing um shadowy figures they do remember the windows opening on their own and they both remember getting thrown up the stairs by an entity okay but they don't believe that it's the the defeo family haunting them they're not putting that on them yeah they say it's their abusive controlling dickhead of a stepdad george and that he dabbles in the occult oh okay there's a documentary with danny um, now that he's grown up, I didn't watch it, but I know in the documentary he claims that he was possessed by a spirit that he couldn't get rid of on his own. And since I didn't watch it, I don't know if that means um, he just never got rid of it or yeah. he needed some sort of religious professional mm-hmm. help. But Danny is all in. He totally believes something was going on, but he blames his dick of a stepdad. Okay. The youngest sibling, Missy, has never spoken publicly about it. Yeah. So... Make that uh, what you will, if you right. believe in it or not. Um, the address has changed, but they only changed it by, like, one number. So it's you still could, pretty easy to yeah. figure out which one it is. <laughs> Plus, the house is pretty iconic I, I was going to say, you won't recognize it, I'm sure. People yeah. still live there. It's still in use. Yeah. And nobody else has ever reported any, any issues. funny business going on there. Yeah. So I love I love a ghost story. I, I don't know if... I guess I believe in ghosts. I love that shit. Right. We want to. This seems a little. Yeah. It's a hard. little wishy-washy. Right. It sounds like George really just wanted the media attention. And I'm sure they got some sort of money for that yeah. book and rights and for the movies and stuff. So. Yeah. There you go. What do you think of that? I'm interested by how they took a little bit from everything and turned it into this movie. That's I had a feeling that they kind of took both cases and just like mashed them. Not together. even the cases though. This part at the end about the stepdad being into like the occult. Oh. Because in the movies, what it comes down to is the house is historical because the basement was used as like an insane asylum. They would keep people chained up down there. Yeah, there's nothing about that in, in these cases. Right, right. But there's where we, like, get into the, like, occult and weird shit. So they keep them chained up down there, and eventually they die down there, and they just trap all these bodies down there, and the basement gets sealed off, kind of. And then this house gets built up on that basement. So that's why the house is fucked. Yeah, and I did read somewhere, I was going to wait for you to mention it in the movies, um, that there's like a red room in the movies in the basement. Right, which I died because of last week. Right. Yeah. There's a red room theme going on. Yes. Um, 
But they said, like, friends of the family said that that was not a big deal to the Lutz family, I think, that they, like, kept toys and stuff down there. And it wasn't even, like, a whole room. It was, like, a little, like, alcove of the basement. Right. So in the basement, it's like a brick wall was put up, but you could tell that it's off, like it doesn't belong there. Mm -hmm. And in both movies, there's a dog that keeps scratching at it. And um, they bust it down in both movies, and that's the red room. So, yeah. And there are shackles and ball gags as far as the eye can see. (laughs) Well, at least, yeah. Whips and chains. All sorts of games. But yeah. Christian Gray and his weird ripped up jeans mm-hmm. that he always had to wear to the Red Room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, well, there were, remember, this movie was, the original was in the 70s. We're talking ripped up jeans. Oh. There's a spider on the wall, guys. I'm arachnophobic. I'm trying not to freak the fuck out. But yeah. it's a tiny one, so I can live with it. We've got a special guest. If it's a jumping spider, though, y'all are going to hear me scream louder <laughs> than if scre- uh, Bailey's going to scream if I had phlegm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, tell me about it. Okay. So the yeah. main one you're doing is the original. The one. original. Yeah. Who's starring? We were excited about this. Yes, James Brolin. James Brolin. Looking fine. Dang, like 70s fine. 70s fine, right? <laughs> like that Very hairy. hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the corduroys, the whole to do, but yeah. Oh, shit. What? Hold on, we got to pause. Oh. We have to pause because I forgot I have something. Okay. I had to do a brief pause because I always leave my phone out of our recording sessions. But I wanted to show you how well... Did you look up the actors versus the victim? Mm-hmm. Did you see how... Such a good job. Dude. hmm They casted these actors twins in this movie. So I took shots of my computer to show Bailey in case she hadn't seen it. Yeah. But I swear to God, and I think this might be on... Um, let's see if it says it at the top. This is on our new favorite website, uh, historyvershollywood.com. Yeah. They show you guys, and I'll, you know, I'll post it on Instagram. And that plays a significance in the movie as well, because they comment that the new family, the stepdad, George Lutz, how he looks spot on the kid who killed the family. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, all I know is the actors that got to play the true life people are... Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. No. I was so excited. Oh, absolutely. So, (coughs) same idea in both movies. Um, You've got the mixed family idea, right? Mm -hmm. The mom with three kids and the new stepfather coming into it. Now, I really wanted to like the original better. I had really fond memories of the original, but the storytelling was awful. Oh. It left so many questions to be answered because I'm watching it and it's like I'm piecing together the relationship, but they don't go into detail. Like, I don't know why she's got the kids, Um, like whether he, the husband died or if they got a divorce. It was like a weird secret almost yeah. like they didn't bring it up in the first movie and then also when the priest comes in the first movie because you were talking about how they invited a priest to come and bless the house you have no fucking idea why this priest is here mm-hmm. you see this new couple moving into their house they're out in the yard <laughs> they just so happen they're playing with the kids yeah and a priest comes to the house and he like knows their names but you don't know why he's there mm-hmm. and so he just invites himself in and just walks upstairs 
And um, that's where we've got the flies. He sees flies by the window. Oh. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he puts his little priesty sash thing on. <laughs> For official priest business. Right. And again, like me watching this movie, I don't have a fucking clue why he's there. I'm trying to imagine. I'm like, okay, I guess he's there because he knows what happened at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, And then things start getting weird. The husband, the, the stepdad or whatever, he's always cold. Oh. And it's almost as if he has like a flu. Mm-hmm. And the little girl, she does, she has this new imaginary friend, Jody. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that she didn't have an imaginary friend before moving into the house, but you know, they move in and she's got like this really detailed specific <laughs> imaginary friend. Is it a pig? Is it a pig? No, it's the little girl who died in the house. That makes so much more sense than pig. Yeah. I thought about that when you were talking about the drawing. I'm like, I don't know why she'd draw a pig, but whatever. But I did see, um, I don't even know if you caught it. You might have missed it. But when I was reading about Jody and the pig, they said that in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they show a pig in the upstairs window. In the Amityville or the Texas Chainsaw? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like, I, 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 I went back in time. Not a pig. So in the upstairs window, you see eyes. Oh. Which we are led to believe are cat eyes, not pig. See, the screenshot I saw, it showed like a pig, but maybe somebody like was fucking with me. Maybe somebody and altered it. And to be it. fair, like, remember where I was not watching this movie. Of course. Right. Of course not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, definitely I we're led to believe in the movie that it's a cat. Yeah. And also like the yeah. dead little girl makes so much more sense than mm-hmm, a pig named mm-hmm, Jody. Mm-hmm. So... The original family, the mom and dad die, the two brothers and the girl die, and it's the oldest son that kills everybody. He's 20 or whatever. Yeah, same as the true crime. Yeah, and he confesses, and he's like, I heard voices. The voices Mm -hmm. told me to do it. So it is. It's the whole insane thing. Anyway, so back at the house, the little girl's got her friend. The dad's getting (laughs) sick. But she's the, making new friends. Right. The other kids are normal. And the mom is just like trying to make this work because to her, the fact that they're even able to afford this house, mm-hmm. it's hard enough trying to start this new family vibe. Like she's like, this has to work. I need to make this work. Right. It's always the mom. It's always the mom. Like she is struggling. But bitch is also super uber duper religious in the first one. Yeah. Like they played a strong religious vibe in the first one that I don't think was necessary. It didn't really play into the story. It's because it was. When did the first one came, come out? 79. Yeah. So the 70s um, were super into. And you'll see this a lot the more uh, episodes we do, the different cases we do. The 70s was the start of like satanic panic. So they were so into that's why this claim of, oh, their stepdad was dabbling in the occult. If you say that nowadays, these like woke Gen Zers will be like, oh, cool. They're super into like witchcraft and all this stuff. But in the 70s, that shit was crazy. And they blamed the occult and Satanism for so many crimes and so many things and um, they blame so many murderers blame it on Satan and whatever. So that's probably why they took such a religious 
uh, lean to the movie. Yeah. Because that's, you know. Because the priest that was blessing the room with the flies, he gets like his own little side story that I think is completely unnecessary and they don't fucking finish it up. (laughs) So the priest who's in the room, they're outside. He's in there. The flies, he gets the weird ass vibe. He takes off. He gets in his car. He gets out of the house and he starts to feel better. But weird shit keeps happening. He tries to call the house. He can't get through to the house. Mm -hmm. Right. It's either static or it's busy. She can't hear that he's trying to call. We find out later that she did. She invited him out to bless the house because she's uber duber religious. Mm -hmm. Right. And she has this woman she refers to as an aunt come over to visit the children. And she's a fucking nun. Yeah. And the kids are like, oh, my God, I hate her. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the nun (laughs) comes in the house and immediately she's like, I'm sorry, dear. I cannot stay. Like, I need to go. And she's like, what? I don't get it. Like, no, you need to stay. The bitch is like, I'm out. And she gets in her car. She throws up. Oh, she's physically ill from the house. Real quick, do does the new family know that a family had been murdered they there do. before? They oh, know okay. that that's the reason they can afford to live in the house. Got it. Mm-hmm. They do. Um, but they're not aware of what happened in the basement. Oh. They just know about the family, mm-hmm. right? So as shit progresses and get weirder and weirder, um, the stepdad's business partner takes a trip out to the house because he's pretty much been like, MIA Mm -hmm. and he's supposed to help out with this business and the guy's like dude I get that you're like dealing with this new relationship I get that you're just moving into this house but you gotta help me out like what's going on right and this is where you can see that he the stepdad's getting like physically aggressive now like he's got this rage within him Mm -hmm. he's got a super short fuse and he's snapping on people like crazy Mm, he's right? like my stepdad. I understand. And the girlfriend that came with the guy, at first she's like super interested in the house and she wants to go in and she gets out of the car and she's like, nope. Mm-mm, and immediately gets back in the car. And she's like, get me the fuck out of here. We wow. got to go now. Bad juju. Mm-hmm. So eventually the stepdad becomes obsessed with the house being cold. right and he's like these fucking windows keep opening so he nails all the windows in the house shut perfect and he's chopping wood like crazy (laughs) and that's where we get like our super sexy scenes Mm -hmm. of both ryan reynolds and james brolin just fucking chopping away at that wood something tells me james brolin's not gonna be able to compete with ryan reynolds close god that was really fucking (laughs) awkward to watch chopping scenes (laughs) I'm like, God damn. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so his wifey comes home. She's been at the grocery store, whatever. She drops the groceries and she like goes up to him while he's chopping the wood to like ask for help. And again, he snaps on her hard and she's like, what the fuck's going on? Like something's just not right. And so she's talking to the kids, trying to be like, what's up with you guys? Like, how are you feeling? <laughs> Just great, mom. Right? Like, what's going on in Time your Time of world? our lives. And the little girl is like, we're good. Like, Jody really likes you, mom. You're a super good mom. And we're best friends. And she wants me to stay here forever. But she does not like the man in the house. Mm. And she's not necessarily 
pinpointing that she doesn't like George. She's just saying the man in the house, which leads you to believe that he's like possessed. Mm-hmm. Right. She's like, I don't like this guy. Something bad's going to happen. The mom's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so at this point, they're starting everyone in the house, like you're saying, waking up at 315, starting to see things, hear things. Um, the little girl, she has this doll with her and it's like one minute it's in the bed and the next minute it's in the rocking chair and the rocking chair is moving. Right. Weird shit like that. The pa- I would be so out of that house before right? it got to any of this shit, <clears throat> but I'm a scaredy cat. So. Right. So in the first movie, the parents finally get out of the house because they're going to a wedding. And the babysitter comes over and the little girl has to stay home because she's sick. And she wasn't actually sick. She was playing sick. So she's stuck there with this babysitter and her imaginary friend. And the girl says something to piss off Jody. She ends up in a closet, a closet that does not have a lock and she can't get out. Nice. And she's asking the little girl, come on some funny let me out the light bulb breaks she starts <sighs> pounding harder uh, could you imagine the little girl's legit just sitting on the bed staring at her Ugh. you can like see her through like the slats in the door it's one of those doors and she, the now the babysitter is like clawing right bloodied hands clawing at the door pounding bloody knuckles screaming let me out let me out let me out parents come home to find this and they're just like what the fuck happened and the little girl's like jody wouldn't let me open the door <laughs> could you imagine you're like uh we're going to give you it for adoption because right? this is too creepy are you kidding me this is too creepy right it's so fucking weird now side note <clears throat> i've had this problem for years b is just now discovering this problem because she has a three-year-old right. who has a a big kid bed and can get out of her own oh, bed. Oh, God. So creepy. What's the creepiest thing about being a parent? Waking up to <clears throat> them staring at you in the middle of the night is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yep. And it's happened to me a lot it's, with my oldest. My my middle child is my son. He sleeps like a fucking rock. You can't wake that kid up with a tornado. But my first one is just like me. We're real light sleepers. And yeah, when she was a toddler, boy, she'd get up and I would wake up to her just like but, and, staring at me. And the worst part is like we talked about the fight and flight situation with the chainsaw where you do you panic. You can't do that to a three year old at fucking three o'clock in the morning. Otherwise, you're going to freak them out. And Has your daughter like, had night terrors yet? Really young. Yeah. yeah. She's over it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, toddlers for those people who don't have pa- uh, those people who don't have parents. <laughs> for those of you out there, if you don't have parents, I'm so sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, for those people who don't have kids, it's very. I would say from the ages one to three, they'll get uh, night terrors, which is basically nightmares, but they wake up, but they're still in the nightmare. And so they're, they'll be freaking out and screaming, and there's nothing you can really do besides ride it out and yeah. wait for them to, like, wake all the way up. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. And then my son also, he's kind of slept walk a little bit. Not like he's going to walk out of the house sleepwalk, but he moves around a lot. He's gotten out of bed and not remembered it. But when he was a toddler, he'd do this thing where he would 
sit up and it's kind of like sleepwalking, but he wouldn't get out of bed. Yeah. But he would just be staring at the wall and you couldn't reach him. That's terrifying. Of like, course. oh, now my kid's possessed of and I course. have to leave him behind and start a new life somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways. And if you lived in this house, that's exactly what you should have done. <laughs> they didn't. But to be fair, they kind of start adding things up. The husband goes to town, meets his co-worker friend at a bar. He sits down at the bar and the bartender looks at him and is legit like freaked out because mm-hmm. he looks just like the kid who murdered his family. Oh. He's like, you but how old's the dad? He's got to be in his 40s. No, Will James I mean, Brolin in his 30s. I was going to say 30s. Yeah, he's definitely not like a 20 year old, but right. I, I guess it's like the beard, the scruff, the hair. I was going to say, in all, fairness, in all fairness, 20 year olds in the 70s did look like 40 year olds. Yeah, that was like everyone the vibe. looked a lot older back then. Mm-hmm. And the girlfriend's like, take me back. The girlfriend that was freaked out about the house before mm-hmm. is like, take me back. We need to go like figure this out. There's weird shit going on at this house. Like, Have they tried burning sage? No. Oh. <laughs> Never well, once do they burn fucking sage. That could have helped. Mm-hmm. Gotten their crystals. And then the wife, on the other hand, is figuring out on her side, she's trying to go back to the priest, right? Why hasn't the priest come out to my house? What's going on with the priest? And this is where we get into his fucking side story he was too busy molesting young boys no so he does he takes his claims back to the church and the church throws it in his face like he's fucking crazy they're like what the fuck do you know these are all just rumors you're trying to bring satan into our town what yes totally unnecessary also doesn't sound very catholic churchy they usually love a little bit i think they're christian then he wouldn't be a priest. Oh. Okay. I don't think. I don't know. Okay. Once again, we yeah, do no, not no. know. No. I, I had assumed that priests had to be like Catholic priests and mm. everybody else is like. But I. There's a priest and a father. I just assumed that was an all religion. Priest and a father, I'm pretty sure is Catholic, babe. Okay. Okay. Then let's but go with that. Listen, I'll look it up. I'll let you know that next podcast. Yeah. So. That's the priest reporting to the father, and the father's like, nope, motherfucker, you're delusional. Get your shit together. Go on a vacation. <laughs> a vacation. Mm-hmm. And so he takes some time away from the church, I guess. But when he comes back, you see him inside the church, and he's doing a prayer, and the fucking church is collapsing like Why? around him. Why? Because it's like he's trying to cleanse the house without being there physically. Like he's pissing off those demons that are out the house, I guess. So they're collapsing the church? But I don't know. There's another guy, another priest in there with him. And I was very unclear whether or not he could see what the father was seeing. Like oh, I've, like he was hallucinating. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the church was really crumbling From around From what him. we're seeing in the movie, it is. Like, literally, statues are falling well, apart. Well, like you said, this wasn't the greatest storytelling. It really wasn't. And that's why I did not like it. Um, and he ends up going blind. <laughs> I'm fucking... Right? And then from going blind, we see him sitting in some park somewhere blind and sad with this other priest i would be very sad if i went blind out of nowhere and that's literally like where they left his story 
okay. Why? I don't know, B. It made me so bad. I mean, I'll send an email out to if I any know. of the producers Anyways, are still alive. So that was super bizarre and random and made no sense whatsoever. And so back at the house, the wife, she can't get a hold of the priest. She's figuring out shit's weird. She goes to the library. Back at the house, that weird girlfriend is now down in the basement. And they find the dog and the dog's scratching at the wall. And she's like, we need to figure out what's going on in that room. And she can, like, feel all the sadness and pain and whatnot that's coming from it. And that's where we see the red room Mm -hmm. when they bust through for the first time. And this is where you see the wife in the library finally, like, going through the past news clippings of the murder. Mm. And she's trying to kind of figure out what's going on. And she's like, maybe it wasn't the family. Maybe it was the house. So she starts looking into the house and that's where we get all the satanic crazy blah, 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 blah. Right. And she's like, oh, my God, it's the house. It's possessed. She's going back to the house. The other people are leaving the house. So now it's the stepdad and the kids in the house alone. Uh Uh-oh. And it's every night, every fucking night in this movie was a raining, stormy, (laughs) thunder, lightning night. But in the day, gorgeous. Just that's so funny. It, and that's another thing that pissed me off. I'm like, this fucking thunder and lightning shit. <laughs> that's the power of Satan yeah. coming alive at night. Mm-hmm. So she gets back to the house and she gets the kids and she's like, we got to get the fuck out of this house. Also, would it have taken you that long to finally look up the murders that happened in your home. No, yeah, this is like day 28, like you're saying, like a month. Yeah, I would have already done, read about the murders, and then decided if I still wanted to go through right, the I think sale a, of the house. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they get out of the house, but he forgets the dog. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, my God. The dog led you to the fucking torture room or whatever right. it was. Mm-hmm. He goes back for the dog, and the house kind of like tries to eat poor James Brolin. But Excuse it, me? Yeah, well, I mean, like... <laughs> excuse me (laughs) what do you mean he's going into the basement and the stairs collapse and he like falls into the sludge into the into the red room there's sludge there is now it's like the house is breaking open and all like the demons and whatnot it's very poltergeist very buffy the vampire slayer yeah yeah. it's like at this point it's almost like the house is the house on the hell mouth right it's yes oh my god (laughs) I didn't even think about that, but yes, it's like it's a living thing, and you've awoken it, and oh. now it's like opening up and releasing all of its fucking yeah. baggage. I mean, we've watched like twenty-five seasons of Buffy to prepare us for this. Damn, I didn't even think about that. The house is on the Hellmouth, guys. Mind blown. But yeah, and that's basically they're like they pieced out, and that was it. The two thousand five, I want to say version the one with ryan reynolds clean story so much better oh my they reeled it better they reeled it the fuck in oh my god so much easier to watch obviously it's cooler right as far as yeah um they've come so much farther along in filming and then the fact that ryan reynolds is delicious ryan ryan reynolds is like god damn daddy in that movie oh, like even when he was going crazy he wasn't a stepdad he was a daddy oh my god we were 
my husband and I were talking about it because Ryan Reynolds, I told him this is the movie where he first got really hot because before Which th- I didn't remember at all. I was not prepared. Oh, I remember it uh, clear as day in my not head. Not prepared. Um, he was hot in Van Wilder, but in like a cute, goofy kind he, of a way. Right. Mm-hmm. And then do you remember what he did before that? He was on a show. That you told me about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Which I do remember, but I did not watch. Guess who the girl is? Because I had to look it up to show Lou because my husband doesn't remember it at all. The girl is Natalie from Monk. Oh. Pre-Monk Natalie is the girl. And she looks the exact same. She has the same cute little haircut and everything. Okay. Uh, we like sometimes we like old people shows, including Monk. because we're like ninety <laughs> years old in our soul. My husband and I currently watch Monk all the time, which is it's so no, I love that show. It's so good. Um, shout out Tony Shaloub if you're listening. And come on, that name Shaloub. Shaloub, and it's in San Francisco. B and I are from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Very nostalgic. Anyways, Natalie is the girl, and mm-hmm. two guys are going to pizza place. <clears throat> no idea who the other guy is. Right. One guy ended up being Ryan Reynolds. And then who knows who the other dude is. Right. It's like the first host of, remember American Idol was uh, Ryan Seacrest and some other dude? No, because I didn't watch Okay, American so the Idol. first the first season of American Idol was two hosts, Ryan Reynolds and that. some other guy. Yeah. And that guy dropped out after season one. Yeah. Because he had, I guess, other career opportunities. And now look where we are. <laughs> yeah, where's that guy? I don't even know that guy's name. Anywho, yes, so Ryan Reynolds, I'm sure, has always been cute. Do you know that he used to be engaged to Alanis Morissette? Yes. Did you know that Chloe Kardashian? No, Mortez. Don't know who the the little girl from Carrie, the super cute blonde girl, the actress. The old Carrie? No, the new one. The one in the the remake. Oh, my fucking God. Well, anyways, she's adorable. She's a great actress. And okay. she's the little girl in the one with Ryan Reynolds. And oh, she's cute. like itty bitty. And I didn't remember that. And that was super cute. That's like you forget how many, how long Dakota Fanning's been an actress. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see her in something. You're like, is she three in this movie? Or how young is she? Like signs. She has to only be four or five. Right. She's so tiny. So besides the fact that it was. Filmed better, sexier, James Brolin. James and Brolin. Ryan Reynolds was the sexier version of James yeah. Brolin. Got uh-huh. it. And I really liked what they did with, like, the little girl specifically. They had her do a lot more weird shit in the house. Oh, they made her creepier. They did. They made the little girl creepier, and little fucking kids are always creepy. Little kids are always the creepiest. In horror movies. Yeah. That's how you get the creep factor, little kids. So she starts carrying around a doll that's not hers, and the mom doesn't put it together for a really long time, and eventually she's like, where the fuck did the doll come from? It's the doll that was buried with the other little girl that died in the house. Well, that's terrifying. Yes. If you like that and you have an extra five minutes to read a book, Bailey, I would suggest a one of my all-time favorite horror books. It's called Comes the Blind Fury by John Saul. It's terrifying. At least it was when I was... I read it a lot in middle school, maybe a couple of times in high school, but it's the same thing. A family moves into a house. Yeah. The little girl finds this doll 
and the doll used to belong to the other little girl that yeah. lived there who was blind. And that girl was picked on a lot and eventually killed by her bullies. And now she possesses the doll. And then in turn, the doll possesses the little girl. And the little girl's getting revenge on all the town's kids, even though it's like a <coughs> hundred years later. Yeah. And it's so fucking good. Yeah. Sorry. No. That's what that reminds me of. I it's love it. Very similar storyline. No, it is. And that's what I'm saying. Like, they made it way more about the kids and, like, creepy Doll- weird shit. Kids are creepy. Dolls. Mm-hmm. Always creepy. Mm-hmm. Always creepy with the dolls. And not only that, the way that Ryan Reynolds was being so aggressive towards the kids in this movie and the wife being like, no way, motherfucker. Like, now, back up. Now, it's not good against the kids, but is his aggression kind of hot? <laughs> like, if he was being aggressive with the mom, would you be like, yeah. Of course. Punish me. Right. Obviously. <laughs> so <bad>. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. But, like... He puts one of the little kids, well, I wouldn't say little, I think the eldest son in this movie is probably 10. That's pretty little still, though. Yeah, no, for sure. Puts his head <laughs> next to the log <laughs> yeah, that's, that he's putting the wood yeah, on to chop. That's aggressive. Yeah, right? You you put my baby's head where? No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. No. That's aggressive. We're mm-hmm. going to have to get a divorce, Ryan Reynolds. I don't care so how So this how wife was way more on top of it. Like, she was, like, quick with it. Like, no, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. My family's bugging. Like, yeah. this shit is not normal. You mean she wasn't, like, fucking olive oil in The Shining? Right. It was just running around. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, no, we need to get him the fuck out of there. And that was another thing. So at the end of the newer one, the 2005 version, they basically like almost have to kill Ryan Reynolds because he's so taken over by demons. Wait, have we talked? Does anybody die in either movies? Only the family, the original family. That's literally it. Doesn't die. No, they're just haunted. Mm -hmm. And that's why in my outfit I had to include (laughs) the shotgun and the axe because to me. The axe is what really, like, like when I picture Amityville Horror, I picture the axe. And yep. I think it's, like, the aggression. Just watching in both movies, the men overpowered by, like, this rage and just fucking chopping that wood over and over and over again. I mean, hey, first again. of all, props to them for chopping wood instead of family's heads. Right. You know, like, they could have they could have done some And in the original, damage. in his, in the dad's dream when he does kill his family he's doing it with the axe Mm -hmm. he's not doing it with a gun like the actual murders were done right all the murders were done by shotgun to the head while sleeping everyone was execution style except for the mom because she woke up so she got it straight to the head so pretty similar to the case so the first movie the family leaves the house and that they're just all good yeah that's the end of that. And yeah. then the second movie, same thing? Second movie, they literally, they beat the shit out of Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Like, in I'd the, watch in that. The, no, in the first movie, dad gets to drive the family off. Like, they're in the car. And they're <laughs> they still, still trust him. Yeah. No, for sure. And he stops the car and runs back to get the dog, right? Mm-hmm. Still being, like, good dad. And does the house actually eat him or he escapes? No, he does. He escapes. He gets the dog. They get out of the house. Everybody's mm-hmm. fine. But, yeah, in the one with Ryan Reynolds, he's straight possessed yeah he's trying to kill everybody like they're crawling around on the oh it no oh my god 
He, it's raining, Mariah. What is wrong with it's us? It's raining. <laughs> so he's wet. He's yeah. bloody. Oh, yeah. His eyes are bloodshot. Ooh, he's trying to kill me? Right? Yes. Like, come on. Pull my hair. God. <laughs> but the wife is on it. Like, she's Good kicking ass. No, for real. She's a she's a 2000s mom. Does it take place in, like, 2000s? 2005. No, I know it came out in 2005, but it also takes place in 2005. No. It takes place in the 70s? Yeah. I, they don't say 70s, but it's definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's, cell phones? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, there's your difference between 70s women and those 2000 women. Yeah. Okay. So, where am I with Ren? Okay. She, the wife, has a shotgun and Ryan Reynolds literally like puts it up to his forehead and he's like, kill me. Come on. Stop getting so hot. Right. And she can't because she, she knows it's not her husband. Like she knows that he's possessed. So luckily she fakes him out and is able to like get him in the gut with the butt of the gun and just kind of like get him down on the ground. They beat the shit out of him and they tie him up. Why not just like shoot his kneecap? No. You know, she loves saying. him too much. Well, I love my husband too, but I mean, a nice little shot to the kneecap is not going to hurt anyone. I'm not, I'm not opposed to shooting my husband either, <laughs> but I mean, he also doesn't look like fucking Ryan Reynolds. So. She's just remembering that dick. She's like, you know what? We can't do too much damage, guys. And speaking of dick, so I think <laughs> the original would be perfect for Lila if she wants to watch like a horror movie. Wait, I'm sorry. How does that have to do with dick and because, my 10 year old? Because. The sex scene is super PG. Oh, okay. Right? I wasn't making the correlation. No, I know. Well, you didn't let me finish. I'm so sorry. The sex scene is super PG, right? You Like, she's got, like, a nightie or whatever that, like, shows a little side boob. Mm -hmm. And that's based... And then they, like, rub it against each other. It's, like, not real sex. Yeah. And it's also because no one dies. Yeah. Like, it's implied and you see little flashes of things. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's a really good starter movie. I might give it a year or two. I'm fine with that, but I'm just throwing it out there. It's a good idea. Lila's naturally a little bit of a chicken. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's not, it's not gory. It's not too jumpy. Like the 2005 would be too much. Yeah. But the original, I think is like, it's a really good So if the 70s has a really tame sex scene, is there like a hot sex scene in the 2005 version? Oh, yeah. Because yes. everyone in the 2005 version is good looking. I mean, yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, everyone is good looking, but it does get interrupted. It's not like a, it's not the greatest, but still. It's like Ryan um, Reynolds. What was the one I was upset about? Oh shit! It was nominated for so many Oscars. <gasps> I can't remember the name of it, but it's like down south, and they have this guy who's. You know, pretty much been, I mean, he's been gay his whole life and he's always been in the closet. And there's this one dude that sees that in him and they have this like weird relationship and they finally come back together as adults. And then you're like, yes, it's going to happen. They're going to show it all. And then it ends with them like hugging. Oh, you're like, "Uh, I've been in this this whole whole time time. and nothing's happened. I want my scene. Yeah. Yep. Don't interrupt my scene again. I'll think of that movie title. And get back to y'all. Maybe I'll look it up right now. Talk, Bailey, while I look this up. So the other difference between the first movie and the second movie is the boathouse. Boathouse. There's a boathouse on the property. And in the first movie, they, like, 
they talk about it. They talk about how the guy has a boat. They talk about being excited about the boathouse. They talk about putting a fucking spotlight on the boat. And they never use the fucking boat. They use it like <laughs> once in the beginning, but like never to escape or whatever. In the second movie, the boathouse is way more significant. Mm. They talk about how there's bodies in the lake mm-hmm. and how if you like go swimming in the water, they're going to try to get you like the fucking. <laughs> That's just what the locals believe. No, no, no. no. I'm like when he's in the boathouse and you hear about what all like the experiments or whatever, they would like dispose of the bodies. Yeah. In the lake. Ugh. Yeah. No, thanks. So I have a when, hard of time on lakes. When he's in the boathouse and he's all possessed, you can see like the spirits like in the water. Mm-hmm. Right. And they like try to pull people down. Mm-hmm. And the wife eventually falls into the water and her hair gets caught in the propeller. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, situation. Can you imagine? Um, I looked it up. The movie's Moonlight. It won the best <laughs> picture at the Oscars. It's great. It's really good, but if you're looking for like a really good disappointing ending, sex scene, no. it doesn't happen for you. But the acting is incredible. The um I can't remember the 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 older actor's name. He plays like the mentor to the guy. He's really good. The point is, no. Disappointing sex scene. No, no thank you. It won awards and there's no sex. I'm done. I'm I out. <laughs> That's it. Why even talk to uh, me? my husband and I watched a really terrible movie. The Bad Batch. Which I'm also, I, I've got it ready. I just haven't oh, had you time. have? I do. <gasps> How exciting. Yeah. Just let you guys know, all-star <clears throat> cast. Keanu Reeves. I'm, oh, love. Jim Carrey. <gasps> shirtless Jason Momoa. He doesn't wear a shirt once. The whole movie. Because why should he? I mean, and he does this crazy accent because he's supposed to be Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> and he sounds about as Cuban as I sound right now. Right. But... God bless that man. So, I mean, if you guys want a terrible movie that's so bad it's good, which is kind of mine and B's wheelhouse. my everything. There's cannibals. There's drug use. There's adventure in... I don't know the name of the Sandberg movie we just watched. The guy from Saturday Night... Yeah, Andy Sandberg. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that is it um, it's Palm like, Springs? It's like a Groundhog's Day type of a thing. Okay, but it's real. It doesn't take place in Palm Springs. It might. It's in a deserty type of place. I think it's called Palm Springs. It might. Yeah. Um, Look that up. I'm going to two right now. Also, guess what we watched? I don't know if you'll be excited about this. It's not really your type of movie. Um, Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, Shia. Yeah, it's called Palm Springs. I just looked it up. Perfect. At Andy Samberg and some broad I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, no, Shia LaBeouf is also daddy. I love him so much. I think he might be younger than us. We don't need to talk about that right now. You and your Shia, <laughs> me and my Zac Efron. Get over it. Zac Efron? You know compared why. Compared to Shia LaBeouf? Yes. You go Shia from teen, teen bop to frat hot. No, nope. I didn't fucking, like him until just now. No, to bearded. Yes, that's what I like. Daddy. Yep. I want it all. Give me that bearded, I want thick it boy. All. Money, fucking cars, chains, and Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Zac Efron was always too pretty for me. I actually, despite all this shit I'm talking about. He won't be pretty after what I do with oh. his face. <laughs> um, as much as we love Ryan Reynolds chopping wood, 
I actually am not into super buff guys. I'm, I, I like a nice dad bod. I like a thick boy. Um, my husband's a thick boy. So Zac Efron now in that Netflix show. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Last episode, Bailey burnt the carpet. Not really, but she thought she did. This episode, she just fucking poured wine all over the carpet. Sorry, right, I'll look it up. Cherie, if you are listening to this, all of these are Bailey's fault. I keep such good care of the carpet in this house. It's more on Nick's pants. It's not, but <laughs> I guess we're going to use Nick's work pants to sop up the mess. It will be. Anyways, peanut butter, peanut butter falcon. Career-defining performance, Bailey. <laughs> it's so good. Career-defining. It's so fucking good. Shia's the one with autism? No! <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that's what I read. I no. haven't watched the movie. I thought someone had... Somebody has Down syndrome, oh, but they my... used an actual actor with Down syndrome. Well, it's good. not he's not pulling a Leo DiCaprio in fucking what's eating Gilbert Grape. Well, good. I'm glad. I just I didn't fucking watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a, a little busy. <laughs> I'm a little busy trying to sop the wine up from my carpet. Anyways, um, that was a good one. Bad Batch is more up your alley. You'll like that one a lot. It's really good. I've also, because I don't have a job and Bailey does, <laughs> the new Hunger Games book came out. I've read, I've reread the entire series. There's a new Hunger Games book? Yeah, do you want to borrow it? Jesus, yes. It's a prequel. It's the story of President Snow. Oh. I know, but you like, eh, likes a strong word. You know me. Am I going to like it? Yes or no? I don't know. Did you like Hunger Games? Well, yeah. You'll like it. Okay. Because it's Snow, um, President Snow, but he grew up in this, like, for, you know what you'll like? It gives you a lot of understanding where him and the Capitol are coming from. Because remember, there was, like, that original war that happened, and that's why they created the Hunger Games in the first place. Yeah. The Capitol almost lost the war. So people were, like, starving, and Snow actually had a right. really hard childhood. Okay. And so. Is it? Oh, he, is it going to make you feel bad? No. For, okay. Nope. It makes you feel I, I bad. I was going to say, is it going to be that fucking Freddy Krueger movie? No, 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 no. That tries to make you feel bad for Freddy no, Krueger? Like no. he's the victim? No, no, no. You feel bad for his childhood because okay. his childhood is fucked up. But, you know, he's an adult now. So, mm-hmm. you know, you choose your own path. Mm-hmm. He becomes one of the first ever mentors in the Hunger Games. And that part of the story, you kind of like him. But then there's always this undercurrent of like manipulation and narcissism and vanity that yeah. comes along with his character that reminds you like, oh, yeah, he's not a great guy. He, yeah. He's always the victim. Okay. He always justifies his actions. Cool. I'll let I'll loan it to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyways, I've reread the whole Hunger Games series. And now the new Twilight book is coming out in August. So I'm going to have to reread Twilight. Good. Please do. It's the story from Edward's point of view. Okay. Am I 35? Yes. Am I still going to read it? Fuck yeah. Yes. Of course. Of course. What else am I going to read? War yeah. and Peace? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. All right. Let's talk about B's outfit. What are you wearing this week, B? And what was your inspiration? Okay. I wanted to go with the, like, farmer chic vibe, I mm. guess. <laughs> 
I don't know. Yes. I mean, the the lumberjack. I don't know. I went with the. Well, it's like the seventies. The pictures you showed me were the dads always both Ryan Reynolds and what's the other guy? James, James Brolin. Brolin. In like their undershirts, right? Like their thermal shirts, right? Or their like wife a, like eaters. a work type of yeah. a, a a working man, yeah. like a sweaty, yeah. dirty, mm. sexy, mm-hmm. fucking crazy, wood chopping kind of man. Because that's all I really care about. That's what I remember from both movies. So B showed up in a kind of a thermal, right? A working man shirt. And shorts to signify the fact that they're in their underwear a lot. Well, no, I'm going to put on fucking. Oh, you're going to put on Nick's work pants. Yeah. Sorry. You sent me pictures of James Brolin in his underwear. No, and I also sent you a shirtless Ryan Reynolds because I'm like, if we're going to be filming out or filming, (laughs) (laughs) if we're going to be recording outside, like I would basically be naked. Yeah. I thought about coming over in just pajama bottoms. Yeah. And like. A nude sports bra. Hey, you are what you want around me. I don't right? care. For that Abby type of Ryan Reynolds six pack vibe. Listen, <laughs> you've been sticking to your diet. You can pull it off. You got it, girl. Or I could have come over in my long sleeve shirt and my tidy whiteies, but unfortunately my husband doesn't roll that way. So I know, and I and I don't have any white underwear. <laughs> could you imagine being and also, uh, I'm sure your underwear do not take the shape of tidy whities most of the time right <laughs> you want to see some camel toe i mean we could do a whole photo shoot could but you imagine being no that's offense an only fans account yeah no offense could you imagine being married to somebody who wears tidy whities no <sighs> i mean i just don't get it at all but i would wear some i think they would be supportive <laughs> uh, yeah totally but i'm talking about men it'd be so weird for your husband, he's like, yeah, let's get it on. He drops sorry his pants. Sorry if your husband wears Your husband wears tidy whities. I'm so sorry. But listen, try to introduce him to boxer briefs. Right? Sexy. Uh, so sexy. So sexy. You know? But yeah. Anywho, so B's wearing her thermal workman's shirt. You're going to get the full look on our... Instagram. Yeah. And Twitter. Bye. Instagram is THC Bye. Podcast. Twitter is THC True. And she also brought along props. She has a shotgun and she has an axe. Yeah. And if you guys start sending me dares on <laughs> any of our social media, maybe I'll do it. Dares like what? Like beer bonging in my stupid outfit. Oh, yeah. That's an easy dare to make happen. Right? It's, you know. We're going to do that regardless. All right. See what happens. Yep. So that's B's outfit. That's the case of the Amneville Horror house Mm -hmm. for sure okay these these pants are gonna be sexy everybody just you wait (laughs) just you wait are they gonna be long enough surprisingly (laughs) no no they're too long oh yeah no is that to make room for his work boots we're not no we're not gonna discuss why they're too long Is is Nick taller than you or the same height as you? He's probably an inch shorter than me. Nice, right? Like if on on Bible, like the like flats, the holds do probably an inch. Yeah, yep. That was a, that one of the many things I made fun of her husband about in my yeah. epic wedding speech. 
Um, all right, guys, we got to go. We always we, start yeah. rambling at the end. That's when the wine starts kicking in. Uh, if you're listening, thank you for listening. You can find us on Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora's coming soon. Um, I don't know about Google Play. We'll find out someday. And probably never Apple, unless our friend Ben helps us. Please help us, Ben. Um, other than that, THC podcast on Instagram, THC true on Twitter. Look us up. Look at our pictures. And talk to us. Talk to us. Tell a friend about us. And most importantly, drink a glass of wine for us or yeah. smoke a J for us. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time.